Welcome to Mike Drops Up Close. We speak to entrepreneurs and thought leaders from all around the globe. Tune in and hit subscribe. Stay informed with inspiring stories from our amazing guests. We get up close and personal, covering subjects from business, marketing, and mindset. Hosted by Michael Calasparis, a successful digital marketer and property investor. So, welcome to Mike Drops Up Close, Jamie Keeling. Um, let's give you a quick uh, overview of Jamie. He is an Optimize Me specialist. That's the company name. Um, so he helps you optimize your companies. As I put in the in the actual um, preview um, promotional material that I put out there, you actually assist businesses of for 500k plus turnover, struggling with profitability, performance, and failing systems. And you help go in optimize them. So we're going to talk about how you can help our listeners um, in their business, how they can optimize themselves. Um, obviously they can hire you and get it done properly, but let's give them a few mic drops, give them a few tips, um, whilst we're on the podcast. And, um, and also I want to touch, um, a bit on you and your background and how you got into this and where you started from. Cause obviously you saw a niche here that you wanted to connect with and, um, and you've, you've made it your superpower in, in, in business and you're highly sought after and a really top guy and a fantastic friend. Um, so obviously, you know, I put the two, two, two things together. My podcast, it, it, you're perfect, perfect guest for it. So welcome, Jamie Keeling, to Mike Drops Up Close. Thanks very much, Mike. It's a pleasure to be here. What an honour. <laughs> Thank you. Well, um, I want to first ask you, like, give us a bit of a background, a summary of what your business does, essentially. I mean, I've given a very short, you know, overview but you give us a, a more thorough background of what you do as an example maybe current project you're working on now or when you've done in the past an example to give an, an explanation because there might be people watching that would want to connect with you that you are the ideal you know person to come in and help them um, and also give the people that um, that aren't at that level yet that um, could, maybe they could be a little bit more prepared when they get to that sort of moment in their life in their business um, to you know, be thinking about systemization and and bringing in people and specialists like yourself to help them really scale. Sure. So um, I do work with businesses of all kinds. I've got businesses in my various programs from five figures right up to multi seven figures. Um, and it, but it's really about you know if you're going to work with me on one of the higher level programs, it's about taking a business that's kind of low to mid six figures so around the four or 500k mark and like you say optimizing it in such a way that we define the structure of the business we set the scorecards for the business and then we build systems and processes around those things that mm -hmm. deliver consistent results um yeah. now I, I like to say to people that business isn't difficult right it's as simple as find a problem create a product or solution around that problem and then go and sell it to people the people who need it so in, in that sense, business is really, really simple. What catches people out is the stuff that sits behind all of that. How do we facilitate those activities? It's the infrastructure that supports the business. Um, yeah. And so what I do is I'll go into businesses and we'll very, very start, we'll establish exactly where they are right now. And then we'll establish where they want to be. So what are their long-term targets and goals? Because until you know what point A and point B are, you can't build a roadmap to get you from one to the other, right? Mm -hmm. So it's really important to establish those facts first. But then the, the roadmap, the process of building that journey is first about structure. So we look at the organizational chart of the business in a very similar way to uh, the way that the e-myth sets it out. So we think, okay, if the business is at 5, 10, 20 million, what would that organizational chart look like? So we throw away all of the current people in the business, the current roles, and we essentially start from scratch. So we start with a clean slate. We start with the shareholders, then the MD, and then we break down the executive director team, the management team, and the operative level teams. But it's only about roles, and we're gonna add the people later. Um, once we've right. got the structure defined, and we know then where the clear lines of accountability are, who is responsible for what and who reports to who, who is ultimately responsible for getting a certain result in a certain department. That's so important. Once we've done that, we then look at the KPIs, the key performance indicators. So for each one of those roles, we then devise three to five specific numbered KPIs, which define success or failure. But 
the most important part of that process is that we start with the business level KPIs. Mm -hmm. So what, what do we need to know in order to determine whether the business is being successful or whether it's failing? So typically those could be things like net profitability, um, annual revenue growth, um, customer satisfaction, cash flow reserves, that kind of stuff. So we, we'd set very specific numbers that are tangible and measurable so that we know that when those numbers are at a certain level, the business can be considered successful by the, the owners. And that's different for different businesses in different niches because everybody's definition of success and failure is different, right? You know, my version of success is perhaps different to yours and yours is perhaps different to the, that of your listeners. Mm -hmm. So it's really important that we look at this on an individual one-to-one -one basis. And yeah. that's why the focus of, of all my coaching at this stage is all on one-to-one -one because, I mean, the biggest reason for that, if I'm honest, is that the, the coaching that I've had and do currently have that is one-to-one -one gets me way better results way more quickly mm. than the group coaching stuff, the masterminds and all that kind of thing. Now, are masterminds a waste of time then? No, absolutely not. You know, they, they all have their place. But if I had the choice and I could only pick one, I would go for one-to-one -one coaching every time. Mm. And so for me, I know that where I can, like, it's all about results for me. I'm a peak performance specialist in every way. You know, a big part of my life and my focus, yes, is business and entrepreneurship, but whether it's martial arts, health and fitness, relationships, mindset, I'm a big believer in hacking every part of who we are, our physiology, our mental capacity, our spirituality, our emotions, so that we can produce the very best results possible in our lives. Um, so it, it's about kind of finding the best ways to do things. Mm -hmm. uh, when it comes to business, it's it's determining what are the key things, where are the key areas that we need to see success and what does that look like? But defining that then in a way that always relates back to those top level KPIs. So when we're setting the KPIs for the exec director level and the management level and the operative level, they should always relate back to one of the previous levels KPIs, which all ultimately relate back to the business level KPIs. Yeah. Because then we, we know that every activity, all the focus in each aspect of the business is geared towards producing a successful business as defined by the owners. Hmm. Um, yeah. Once we have that, now we know what information we need to measure and manage. See, until we've done the first part of this process, until we've defined the structure and the scorecards, well, we, we don't know what information needs to be passed down from the management team and passed back up as feedback to the management team from the operatives, from the people who are literally boots on the ground delivering for the business. So the, the systems and the processes side comes once we know what information needs to be transmitted. So strategy gets transmitted down from the management team, from the shareholders, from the board of directors, and then feedback gets fed back up the chain from the people on the front line, the operatives and the managers, so that the people at the top, the, the leaders, the people managing the business can improve the strategy, evolve that strategy over time, look at what, what's working and what's not, and improve the things that aren't working so well and even improve on the things that are working well because you can always do better right and it's only once we've done all of this that then we start looking at improving net profitability and actually scaling the business and this is a big mistake that I think a lot of businesses make and it's certainly a mistake that I made myself in my previous business you know we grew from um, 2.2 million to four and a half million in revenue in just 12 months, which on the face of it sounds like a phenomenal achievement. And in so many ways it was. Um, but what we failed to do was we failed to do the, the groundwork. We didn't build the foundations. And mm. so then we had, no, we hadn't even built the foundations for a two million pound business. So we were kind of still at six figure level in, in terms of the infrastructure. And then, scaled, yeah. Yeah. And then, and then when we scaled to four and a half, it was like, oh, my God, like money just kept pissing out of the bottom of the business. Mm -hmm. All of that profit that we should have made was just evaporating from the company because yeah. we were working ineffectively, inefficiently. The different parts of the business weren't communicating with one another. And we had this nightmare situation where everybody was doing a bit of everything. Right. So 
there wasn't one person responsible for sales, one person responsible for design, one person responsible for project management. It was kind of this, this cacophony, this mess of everybody doing all things. Mm -hmm. And the big challenge with that is that there's no accountability. There's no responsibility and you can't deal with the problems that arise. And so what we saw was the same challenges, the same problems, the same things that kept costing us money unnecessarily were cropping up time and time again, and it became very, very frustrating. Um, so the first thing I did after we'd grown the revenue was we, I looked at structure. We, we implemented the organizational chart. We added accountability. We, we appointed heads of department with clear KPIs that defined success and failure. And now, yes, there were still problems in the business, but we could pinpoint exactly where those problems were and we could deal with them. We could sort them out. Whereas before, when we would try and deal with those challenges, it was a case of, oh, well, I thought Chris was dealing with that. Oh, well, I thought Martin was going to do that. Oh, no, Kim said she was going to do that. Yeah. And it's like... Yeah. And that happens even in big business. I mean, I, uh, well, I was at the BBC and there was those elements of that. <laughs> you know, uh, it happens in all organisations, definitely. Really important. Absolutely. And it's a result of unclear or ill-established lines of accountability. Accountability is massive. You know, not just on a personal basis in terms of your own personal development and, and the things that you want to achieve and working with coaches, but at an organizational level, everybody has to know what they're responsible for. And it's not about this blame game of, oh, well, it's your fault that this went wrong or your fault that problem happened. That's got absolutely nothing to do with it. And we're not about blame culture. But what we do need is a high level of personal responsibility. Because when we have that, people take extreme ownership of their roles. They know how success and failure is defined. And because they know that, they then perform at a much higher level. Mm. One of the big problems with staff, team and employee performance is, is just that, is that success and failure for their role hasn't been clearly defined by the leadership team. And so, you know, goalposts move, one day they expect this, the next day they expect that everything's changing all the time and there's no consistency in well what is you know how how do i actually succeed in this role because like even the worst employee is it's not their fault you know they don't wake up in the morning thinking do you know what today i just want to fail i just want to piss off as many people as possible <laughs> i'm going to screw up everything that i can you know, people just don't wake up and think that I, I don't care who you are or how problematic you see a particular person to be in your business if you've got somebody who is a problem like that that is your responsibility. Uh, you as the business owner are responsible for everything in your business, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And if people aren't performing, that's always, like always because you either haven't trained them properly, you haven't mentored them, you haven't coached them, or you've kept somebody on when they're clearly not good fit, fit for the business. All of that's on you. And when you start to take responsibility and, and that level of accountability personally, not only does that trickle down to the entirety of the rest of the business, but it gives you the power to change the things that aren't working and to improve upon the things that are. Can I ask a quick question, Jamie, plug in right there. Um, in that um, situation, would you say, again, it's, it goes right back to when you actually um, interview your, your employee? Um, and asking quality questions right back then? Or is it a matter of putting processes in and training them up because anyone can be sort of like trained up to a certain level? I mean, which one would you say was a bit of both? What would you, what would you suggest? It's absolutely both, mate. Yeah, um, right. Yes, it absolutely starts at the beginning when you're first doing those interviews and the interview process is a really important part of that. And mm -hmm. the way I teach it in my accelerator programs is you don't hire on skills, or at least that's the last thing that you look at. The first, the first thing that you should be looking at when you're hiring staff is values. Are their values in line with yours and in line with the values of the business? Because it doesn't matter how skilled they are or how much experience they've got in the area that you need. Mm -hmm. If their values are misaligned with yours and, and those of the business, they, they're going to be a problem. Mm. So first we hire on values. Secondly, we hire on attitude. Like they could have great values, but if they haven't got the right work ethic, if they haven't got the right attitude towards your customers, towards their team members, towards the business, towards the industry, then again, you're flogging a dead horse. Yeah, you know, so true. <laughs> not going to produce the results that you want. So 
But here's the thing, right? Skills can be taught. Somebody with the right values and the right attitude can be taught anything that they need to know to perform at a very high level in their role. Now, yes, that's an investment of time, energy, and often money in order to get them there, particularly if you're taking them from a place of complete inexperience. But in my experience, that investment up front pays dividends in the long term, certainly much more than hiring the wrong people in terms of values and attitude. They have all the skills and expertise, but their values are wrong. Their attitude is, is pants. Um, you know, it, it doesn't matter how much experience they've got. You cannot teach values and attitude. They are what they are in so many ways. So true. And now they may evolve over time for a given person. And I'm sure they will. Um, but in the moment when you're hiring, it's very, very difficult for you to affect any meaningful change in those two areas, which is why that's what we look at first. So long as the values and the attitudes are in alignment, it's often then worth the extra time, money and effort that it takes to provide the extra training and the extra coaching that person's going to need to get their skill level and expertise up to a point where it's going to serve you. Yeah, no, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, like, would you say that um, people that are starting out, they're not at that level yet. They just want to start off a business. They could be, they could be people, um, you know, literally they've got a dream. They've got their entrepreneurial desires brewing within them and they want to, um, get started but they don't know where to begin would you say that um that they don't need to optimize when they're so small or do you would you say start from the beginning no matter what go go ground up start from the beginning because there's a, there's a lot of truth in start now get perfect later because people procrastinate but also um there's a danger of getting stuck in your ways you know and not even seeing the flaws and the the things that you the hurdles that you've created by not systemizing and optimizing um what would you say what would advice would you give people really just starting off right now yeah i mean one of our coaches nick james talks about this and mm -hmm. you need different things to get you to different levels and you know, one of the things that we found was what got us to two million revenue wasn't going to take us to and sustain us at five what sure. got us to five wasn't going to take us to and sustain us at ten mm -hmm. um, so like, do you need a big, massive organizational chart and systems and processes and all of this stuff when you're just starting out? Honestly, no, because it's just you, you know, there's nothing to control. All of the information is up here in your head. And so you don't have to, like, it's only when you've got multiple moving parts that you then need to start to control that. Like mm -hmm. you hold yourself accountable. You have all of the information, the strategy, the operational feedback up here in your mind. And so there's no point in spending time and energy on devising and maintaining systems that are basically a replica of what's going on here in your head, mm -hmm. right? So, but what I would say is you have to be clear on exactly where you're going with the business. Now, if the plan from the get-go is to take it to a multi-million pound turnover business, then you need to be starting to think about those things sooner rather than later. Absolutely. And there are some cases where you might start a business that grows very, very quickly in terms of revenue. Um, there's a guy that I know and, and done some work with down in London. It's a recruitment agency. And... Um, that you know they're very quickly growing to that multi-million turnover level in the first year because it, like know the business that you've been in the industry for a long time and it's it's very easy for them in terms of just going out there and getting the contracts and getting the work in that case they need to be doing this stuff right now you know as soon as you start thinking about taking on people that's when you need to start thinking about defining the structure of the organization defining what your kpis are that determine success and failure and building systems that control the outcome of consistent results mm -hmm. um, but that said you know at any level you need to know how you define success and failure in your business so even if you're only turning over 20 grand a year well you've got to have kpis that determine whether the business is performing at the level that makes it worthwhile for you you know what net profitability do you need to see in order for this to be viable in order for it to be a business rather than a hobby mm -hmm. how much do you want to grow it month on month year on year you know if you don't have targets then the danger is that you're going to meander through the the journey of business and not get to where you want to go as quickly as you should because you've not defined clearly what that destination is and if you don't have a and b like i said before if you don't know where you are now and exactly where you want to be it's very difficult to build a meaningful 
roadmap that gets you from one to the other in as straight a line as possible. You, you've literally got to mow a line down through the trees to get you to where you want to be as quickly and as effectively and as, as efficiently as possible. Like, why waste time and money that none of us have got in just kind of meandering and figuring it out as you go along where you could be very clear from the outset set your intentions know what your targets and goals are and and get there much much more quickly yeah no it's true um it's absolutely absolutely true um i i struggled massively um starting off and i did a lot of different things but it got even worse when um when my son was made disabled and it's like it's a narrative i i say a lot because it is my life i'm not doing the old you know, sad story stuff. It 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 is what happened. You know what I mean. And the, the what advice would you say to people that have got a lot of other things that are juggling on? Um, would you say to them that it's just far better to just bring someone in like yourself to come and do the thinking for them? Um, to some degree, I, I know you don't go in there completely. You know, run the business for them. But um, or would you say that they are better off sort of? Uh, being coached as such, um, learn techniques, because you said you use a hot overall um, approach and it, and it includes even the, the way they're living healthy-wise and all this kind of stuff, um, it all, all, all relates, doesn't it? Um, what, would you, what would you advise? Um, well, it, yeah, it does include everything. I mean, like as a coach, you have to be very specific in, in terms of what's your speciality, what's your skill set, your niche. Um, but even as a business coach, you know, I'm very much focused on the systems and processes side of it. Profitability is one of the main reasons why uh, people work with me and to grow sustainably and profitably as well. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the main aims of our accelerator programs is that, you know, we want to make sure that you've got a strong business first and then scale something that's strong and that is actually scalable rather than making the same mistake that we made mm-hmm. and scaling something that actually isn't sustainable long term. But what you find is you absolutely end up working in all aspects of the business owner's life. You know, there are there are clients I have where we talk about their home life and we talk about marriage, kids, um, health and fitness and, and personal goals. And you're absolutely right. All of that stuff feeds in. And when you've got a lot of stuff going on, it's really, really important to be structured and systemized. You know, make sure that everything that can be automated is automated. Um, like my, my clients in terms of the, you know, a basic thing like invoicing, they, they pay monthly. So the invoice has to be generated every month, but I don't do that. I set zero to do that for me. You know, if I was adding mm-hmm. that and, and other jobs to my, to my to-do list, then it would be taking me all this extra time every month. It just wasn't necessary. So it's a case of yeah. looking at everything that you're doing and, and asking yourself, right, what can I systemize? What can I automate with what I've got? Um, and then doing that as much as you possibly can but then the other thing i would say is that you need to be very diligent when scheduling time you have to be clear on right how much time do i need to dedicate to the things that i'm doing this for that's first and foremost when you when you get your plan for the year you start q4 of 2019 you start looking ahead to 2020 the first thing that you should block out on that calendar is your holidays for the year. That's what I teach my mentees. I say exactly the same thing. Not just that, I, t- I teach them um, like with social media posting and stuff like that. I say, just pluck out the time you want to do for yourself because it'll keep you sane, number one. It'll keep you more proactive when you're doing it in your business. So I'm, I'm totally an uh, advocate for that, definitely. I think it's really key. Definitely. And I mean, we, we always come out of it, though, don't we? I mean, as entrepreneurs. Yeah. But at least you've got a structure to try and keep to um at the minute like now i'm non-stop working because i've got a got a lot to catch up on um and a lot of that was due to like technical issues and bloody um issues with my health being ill um and so yeah there's a lot to catch up on but yeah that's so important having these things in place without doubt i agree with you on that so you, you block out the time for you, for you and your family first because at the end of the day no matter what you might say it we do what we do we have our business so that we can live the life we want so we can have options so that we can spend our time in the way we want to with the people that we love, right? That's what it's all about. And I think it's very easy as entrepreneurs to lose focus of, of that, um, particularly when you're perhaps more in your masculine energy in that you're, you're so focused on and dedicated to the mission of growing the business and impacting the world and changing lives and all of this stuff that we do, 
that mm. it can be easy to lose focus of the things that truly matter. And the reason why we started doing it in the first place, and one of my biggest motivations is my kids, um, partly because I want to be able to provide them an amazing life that, you know, full of experience and to meet interesting people, to go to interesting places and to be, to be cultured. But mainly more than that is because I want them to see that if they decide they want to do or be something, they can do it. All they need to do is put the work in, put the time, put the effort and they can achieve. Um, you know, I'm not special. You're not special. Like none of us are special. Richard Branson, Bill Gates, Steve Jobs, Elon Musk, they're not special. They just worked fucking hard to get to where they are today. Right. And they put the time in, they expended the energy. And the more and more you study excellence, the more and more you study success, the more you see and realize that actually it's just a numbers game. Mm. Right. I, I would never have believed back in 2013, if you just said to me back in 2013 that I would be sat here today in 2019 with a world championship title and probably around 50, 60 other medals and trophies from various competitions all over the UK, I'd have quite frankly laughed in your face and, and thought you were <laughs> you'd be yeah. something, right? Yeah. But I, I was a couch potato. I was bullied in school. I'd never thrown a punch in my life. I used to have recurring nightmares about getting jumped by gangs of people and I couldn't even scream. No, no sound would come out of my mouth and all this. Wow. Kind of stuff. And then within two months, like just two months, I won my first two gold medals at a competition in Cardiff. And that was it. I was hooked. And that for me was a really important lesson. It was the first thing that started to change everything for me because I thought, well, wow, if if I can do that and I didn't believe I could, mm. what else can I do that I'm currently holding myself back from? That comes to my my one of my questions about you having like a almost like a, an epiphany or an, an aha moment. So that was that it then that that moment when you actually you got past that breaking point and you realized, wow, I just managed that. Well, I yeah, I, I, I've had three really three profound ones since then. That was the first. Um, I don't know why I started martial arts. Like literally somebody, <laughs> somebody posted a Bruce Lee video to my Facebook wall. I can't even remember who it was, but he was doing the one inch punch and lighting matchsticks on fire in midair with his <laughs> all this crazy stuff. And I don't know what it was, but in that moment when I saw that, I just, I just decided. It was like it came to me from nowhere. I just said, right, I'm going to do this. I've had enough of the excuses. I've had enough of like, I haven't got time. I haven't got the money. I'm just going to find a school and I'm going to go. And even that was just crazy because I, I did the research. I found this antiquated website where it told me my nearest school was over in Mole, about 45 minute drive from me. And you know, there's a school down the road, 15 minutes away, but I yeah. didn't find that. Um, <laughs> going to that school and meeting the people I did there really set me up on my journey to become not only an amazing martial artist, um, but an amazing human being in so many other ways. You know, that really you are. Yeah. Definitely. Well, I'm not trying to blow my own trumpet or be egotistical, but I, I know where I was and I know where I am today. And that's not mm. to say that I'm a finished product or, or anything like that. I'm, I'm absolutely not. I've still got so many faults and so many things to iron out. But compared to where I was, like it's a monumental shift. Yeah. Uh, but that process of starting the martial arts and winning those medals, that was like that was epiphany number one. Because I then realized that I've been holding myself back in so many ways just because of the way I was thinking. And so I realized I made it my mission from that point forwards to seek out the things I thought I couldn't do. There's mm. a great quote from Eleanor Roosevelt, which goes somewhere along the lines of, you must do the things you think you cannot do. And that has become my motto ever since winning those two first medals in, in 2013. I love that. That's nice. That's nice. I, I really like that. There's a good, there's one um, that kind of relates a bit more to me, but it's from Jack London about um, basically you play a, a bad hand well, and it's basically like a, a game of cards. Uh, so whatever you're dealt with, play, play that, that hand well. And um, I think, I think very similar in the sense that you've just got to just go out there and just do it no matter what. And, I mean, we did a very similar thing, didn't we? When we, went, we um, you were one of my one one of my uh, mountaineering buddies when we climbed Mount Snowden. And my head, my mindset was like, "Fuck, I can't do this." Um, but I said, "I'm gonna bloody just do it." And um, and and this is from someone coming from a sedentary lifestyle, very overweight, 
uh, I lost six um, two stone in six weeks um, and it was a complete shocker to even get to the top and you remember me right at the top the last few steps I couldn't even lift my legs but and you I, did I, um, I did yeah I did it was so hard getting it above a pebble that big I say a pebble it wasn't even a stone it was a little thinning pebble and I couldn't lift my leg up it and I was just like I can't do it I literally had nothing left because <laughs> it was like a there was a peak, a summit, and I thought, that's where we are, that's it. And we got to the top of there, absolutely shattered, and then I could just see another five miles before the next summit, <laughs> just over that ridge, and that just like, it was just like, I just can't do this. But the thing is, having people like yourself around me um, and, and our good friend Kevin, who actually now lives near me in Worcester, so we've got to meet up really soon, um, uh, was really, 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 really powerful to people like me because I lived a sedentary life. I say sedentary. I used to be very into football, playing many football teams um, locally. I was left and right footed. So I did quite a lot as a kid. But then life takes over. Business, worked at the BBC, put on weight after my son was disabled. Um, and, and, and the stress and everything like that kind of piles on you. Um, and even recently, some recent sad news has like thrown me off track. So it's really important and I, I can really connect with actually having this, this strong, um, I won't say willpower, but I'd say um, it is a mindset, but not a willpower as such. It's, it's, it's almost like this is, this is a, a thing you have to do. Um, willpower says you're fighting something you can't do, but we can all do it, which is what you, you guys teach and in your business um, coaching and so on. And, and the, the proof was in the pudding with me on the summit is an example of that, you know, and you uh, where you're like, you know, overweight, you said, and you didn't do martial arts and you finally did it. Um, you know, I do coaching as well. I do mentorship with my, 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 my um, mentees. And um, even before I started that, there was a blocker there thinking I can't do it. You know, we have this, this uh, imposter syndrome that everyone has it in all our mentorships. Everyone has it. Um, and yet you got to bear in mind, Richard Branson had that, you know, uh, um, Bill Gates had that. This is normal. Um, you're just fearful. You want to give so much value. It's very hard to not, uh, you know, to not feel that way when you want to give so much value. Um, so, yeah, no, I really believe in all that. And, um, and uh, you know, it was really, it was a massive aha moment for me. So I can relate to your aha moment in, um, in your, in your, in your life it definitely connects with me massively and i think everyone watching and listening um would be definitely relating to that because there's so many different people i can see actually a lot of people watching at the moment quite a lot and they're very from very different backgrounds um very very different backgrounds and you know all these people might think oh i can't do that but they, they've got to try i mean you know we didn't take the train up did we we were right at the bottom of mount snowden we went up i had friends right i had friends literally going i put the photo up and they go Oh, so you took the train then? Straight away, they just jumped straight in there. You took the train. Oh, did you start halfway up there? Did you start on the easiest route and all this kind of stuff? But, um, oh, man, it's just like, it was hard. It was hard. Um, and you guys took a nice diversion, didn't you, Jamie? <laughs> um, maybe. Just to, we took the seat <laughs> down. And we didn't get lost at all. But um, <laughs> like your journey, Mike, has been phenomenal. You know, since that, since summiting Snowden together, uh, it was the 2nd of January, so right at the start of the year, that was such a powerful experience, uh, you know, for you as much as it was for me and everybody else in that group. And to, to start the year achieving something like that, you know, especially coming from where you were coming from and some others, it was like, wow, you know, if, if I can do that, what else can I do? And it just sets you up for the year and gets you fired up and ready. And when you smash through your limiting beliefs like that, it's really, really powerful for your mindset. And, it, it, you know, is. it was powerful for others as well. That's what I found. I mean, it created a group that I'm not engaging as much because I've pulled out, I pulled out, as, I pulled out a bit myself. Um, and again, it means re-engaging. And this is the thing with this sort of stuff. You can't let go. You have to keep re-engaging in it. Um, and I'm literally just naturally a group of over 30 people. We created a, a, a WhatsApp group, group called No More Chains I created. And, and people just wanted to join me saying, well done, wow. And they see my big fat belly hanging on social media, going from that to that a bit, you know, less. And, and in six weeks, it's just crazy. And I put a little bit of weight back on, but I'm, I vowed I'm never going to go to what I was. And then I'm already back on it, lost a few pounds already. But it's a slow game I'm playing now. I'm not doing this great big, 
I'm doing lifestyle, but realistic lifestyle changes at the minute. Um, I'm trying to keep it that way. Um, that, that, I don't know. I am an all or, not, all or nothing kind of guy, though, so it might not work for me this way. I might have to just go back to the all, all do it all. And, you know, quite honestly, I felt personally more alive, eating healthy, um, being outside. I mean, it was, it was such a, an amazing feeling and it really does interlink with your business. Yes. And I think, uh, Lewis Howes, um, famous, um, author and podcaster and everything else in America, he said the same thing. There's a massive link between your health and, and wealth and, you know, success. And he really believes in that, which is, it rings in my brain. It rings in my head, literally. And I'm, I'm really, determined to really get full fully back on track because like i said if i'm being totally totally um, honest i've come off track a bit you know and it was through a bit more sadness that come our way in the family um but yeah it's really 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 key to optimizing and so i can understand why you've got all these different areas um that you touch in on um a business um because i, I think well, not I think, I know it makes a massive difference, definitely. We've got a few more comments here. So inspirational, Michael, from Helena Beck. Thank you, Helen. Uh, we've got quite a lot of people say we've got Ali, uh, Iwona, Costas, Joe Johnson, Mark Solis, Liam Pierce, Karen Hill, Chris Byrne, Paul Rowlings, Damien Mark Barry, George Theodosu, Stacey Sharp, Stacey Mitchell, Stephen Lay, all these people watching. So hey, guys, Neil Reed, Joe Adset, Daniel, Rebecca princess simon walter loads of us and Simon was a great guy he's on our coaching uh really really great guy and his beautiful wife um and uh yeah we'll have to catch up with them and actually i won't mind getting them on the podcast so uh, simon if you're still watching me i want to get you guys on the podcast as well um i think uh, emma garcia has just joined as well um so i think uh basically uh, you know if you could give three key tips for people starting off on their own um, and I say starting off on their own, wanting to optimize on their own before they brought someone else in like you, what could they do that could benefit, benefit them? You know, ideally there's obviously different areas uh, um, and different levels where quite frankly, the best thing to benefit them would be to bring in a specialist like you, quite frankly. Um, but, the people that want to um, sort of like make their lives a little bit easier, what three areas would you say they should focus on first? Um, well, it really does depend what type of business and what size of business, sure. more specifically what we're talking about. So, you know, are we talking about a kind of my sweet spot, the 500K plus revenue? Or are we talking? Yeah, let's go with that. Let's go with, let's go, just pick one of them. We'll just go with the 500K plus revenue a year. Yeah, so it, it really is then for, for those types of businesses, it's about the first three steps of my six step system. Um, mm -hmm. It's structure, it's scoring and it's systems. Once mm -hmm. you've got those three things in place, you've got massive accountability, you've defined success and failure in the business and for each role of the business. And you've got a very clear way to communicate strategy down the chain, but then feedback on how that strategy is working back up the chain. Once cool. you clearly got that set out and you've defined the organizational structure you've set the numbered kpis and all kpis they've got to have a number they've got to be specific and tangible um once you've defined all that then you can start to build the systems and the processes that produce consistent results and consistent results in relating to those kpis so whether that's mm -hmm. profitability whether it's cash flow whether it's um, amount of sales booked by a sales rep or a number of appointments and, and all this kind of stuff. It, like those particulars are going to vary and depend on your business and your preferences yeah. and what your definition of success is. Um, but at the end of the day, if you can just follow the first three steps of that system, then you're already going to have so much more accountability, so much more of a, a strong culture in the business. And the most important part about that is that you're going to be able to each, each of those KPIs, once they're done and once they're in that structure, then becomes a link on a chain. If you imagine mm -hmm. a long length of chain, metal chain, what, what that process does is it allows you to pinpoint which links aren't working. Where are the weak links? Where are the ones that could be stronger? Because until you've done that process, it's very hard to identify that and hold people responsible. But when you do and you can, that's when you can start to say, right, well, that link and that link are weak. Let's swap those out and put strong ones in. Let's change mm -hmm. the system. Let's 
adapt the processes so that we can get even better results in those areas. It's all about removing excuses and, and following the first three steps of that system removes all excuses for everybody in the business to underperform. Yeah, no, that's great. Great advice. I mean, would you, uh, I, I interviewed before your interview, um, a lady called Natalia, and uh, I won't even say a surname because I made a real fire fail of, of trying to say it. It's got rolling R's in it and everything like that. <laughs> lovely, 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 lovely lady. And she, um, we talked about burnout. Uh, and that's why my podcast is about business, marketing and mindset. So the people I bring in are people that I think can help my audience in those three areas, which I think are very key areas in life and business. And, um, and the burnout thing was really, really important. She used to work for World Banks and um, the European Commission and so on. And she's now focusing all her efforts in um, helping women mainly, executive women, but she does it for everyone, but that's a, her a micro niche, um, from um, burnout. And she, she's gonna be catering to like, uh, you know, big business basically and helping them within their business. Now this lady, um, and what she does is really powerful stuff. And she had a real, you know, deep story of what happened to her. Um, and she had a complete breakdown. I've had something similar myself. Now, these optimize, and the reason I'm bringing her up is the optimization that you guys talk of and getting the structure in place is exactly what people need to prevent that in many ways, isn't it? Because yeah. once you've got these things and systems in place, um, the scaling doesn't have to be so overwhelming, does it? No, and, and every aspect of the business actually becomes less overwhelming. And when you look at, <clears throat> excuse me, when you look at fear, anxiety, and overwhelm, they're all caused by one simple thing. And mm -hmm. that is a lack of knowing, a lack of certainty in some area or another. Um, if you're nervous or anxious, it's because you don't know something, whether you don't know what an outcome is going to be. Um, you don't have all the information that's going to guarantee a particular result. Whatever it might be, it always comes down to a lack of knowledge. Um, so when you put the, the structure and the systems in place, what you're effectively doing is you're defining exactly how everything's going to work to make sure that the right people have the right information at the right time. And this is one of the things that my clients say is, that they they have like one of the biggest things about life and in business is that it gets harder and harder every day that you, you're alive mm -hmm. um you know if you're expecting life to get easier or business to get easier as you grow or get <laughs> or get better yeah it ain't i'm sorry but it's just not gonna happen <laughs> um, what's guaranteed <laughs> is that it's gonna get harder much like in a martial arts or a, a boxing match the reward for beating an opponent is to face a bigger, yeah. stronger, faster, more competent opponent. You get a bigger challenge, yeah. basically, right? And it's the same yeah. in life business. Is every hurdle you overcome, your reward for overcoming it is to then be presented with a bigger and badder challenge. Um, yeah. So the key to success in life and business is quite simply, you have to get better faster then life or business gets harder. If yeah. you can do that, and that's where coaches come in, is really expediting that process. But if you can do that, then you're going to win. Yeah. Um, so the, the systems and the processes, what it does is it gives you certainty around how something needs to be handled. Mm -hmm. uh, one of my clients said to me about a, a, a HR issue they were having with a member of staff a few months ago that you know it was, had the potential to blow up into something quite nasty. But what they said was, yeah. I'm so much less stressed about this than I've been about much smaller um, HR issues in the past because of the structure that we've worked on together and put into place in my business. Even right. though this is potentially quite nasty and could be quite a drawn out process, I'm not fearful. I'm not anxious or nervous about it. I'm not overwhelmed because I know that there's a process to follow. It's in black and white in the business. And all we need to do is go one, two, three, four, and it's done. Whatever the outcome is, it's done. We protected ourselves because we've got a system that's going to produce a consistent quality result. And so if, you, if you're facing overwhelm in your business, if you're fearful, if you're anxious, that's a surefire sign that either you need to work with someone like me or you need to take a good, long, hard look at the structure, the systems, and the KPIs in your business and define them in a much more strategic way so that you can alleviate that anxiety, you can alleviate that overwhelm by using the system as a support. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's great, great advice. I, mean, I think 
a lot of people don't even know where they stand, if you know what I mean. Some people feel they, they've got things handled and yet they don't know what they don't know at the end of the day, do they? And sometimes, you know, that's why I, I always suggest like tapping into mentorship in some form anyway, because people have gone and stepped certain steps that you haven't even taken. And and so you, because you haven't taken it, you're not even aware of them, if that makes sense. Yes. So how can you even plan, optimize, prepare, uh, without even taking certain steps uh, but so when you get someone in like a mentee or a mentor to mentee you um to uh, the, the the great thing about that is they can open your mind to certain aspects that you would not have even sort of like you know touched on um so i personally think it's really important to connect with people like yourself um you're you know a great guy great friend we've got more comments so natalia optimization equals balance and time for ourselves so this is the previous guest i had and thank you, Michael and Jamie. Yeah, it's true. And we've got another friend called Natasha. The secret is to build your resilience and build an amazing team around you. Very true, Natasha. She's a lovely lady as well. I want one getting her on too. So, I mean, I, I actually think this has uh, been very valuable to the people listening in. And um, I just want to say a massive thank you, Jamie. Um, I just want to ask you one quick thing, actually. I've seen a photo of you, Jamie, with really long hair, mate. Is that really you, or was that photoshopped? <laughs> no, that, that's really me. So um, it's like really long hair and really long. Was it? I think it was a beard from memory. Do you have a beard or something? Yeah. Unless um, I was a bona fide legitimate rock star, mate. When I, I, I literally dropped. <laughs> you that still are. Memory. You still got the mohawk. Um, you know, you, you still are. That's what I love about you. You're you, and you are a serious businessman but you're still you. And that's where I connect. And I teach this in when I do like marketing and stuff and people getting their, their selves out there, they need to stay them, not be someone else. They're not. I mean, when you look at um, like true entrepreneurs that are really making it, they're not suited and booted. Like you might think, you know, I mean, you look at Zuckerberg, you look at, you know, RRP, um, Steve Jobs, you know, they, 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 they simplify their lives. You know, they don't go out of the way. And I, I've got a lot of respect for people that actually don't feel the need to um, put on a an, an, an image to be something they're not. They just like to be themselves and do what they like and enjoy. Um, I do agree that you should present in certain circumstances. I don't dispute that, you know, suit, you know, in certain circumstances. But to be it all the time because it's become your mask, I, I, I'm kind of personally dead against. Um, I think it's really important to be you. Um, it doesn't matter what, you know, guru or mentor or whatever says uh, that's what i believe and that's me being me <laughs> so i've got that's much real. respect for you being the same way yeah 100 percent. like you've got to be authentic and at the end of the day it's not about connecting with everybody you're never ever going to connect with everybody you don't want to do you that's no. the point yeah you, you don't want to connect with the right people and that yeah. might be a handful of people and look there's seven and a half billion people on this planet mike like uh, you don't need crazy. to connect with all of those people i know mate it's crazy it's a massive amount of people um and when you're let's hope they all tune into mike drops up close <laughs> on itunes right now <laughs> okay a little quick plug actually and i won't mind you giving a bit of a plug how people can connect with you um i'll drop some links in um that i've got of yours jamie as well um uh, i've got a really amazing guest coming soon um he's a multi 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 millionaire and uh, smashing it in the marketing world and um it's really rare getting someone like him on here. And he is, again, someone that's very true to himself. So I'm very honoured that he's uh, been uh, going to come on to this show really soon. He's so down to earth and, and, and so on point, isn't he? Yeah, 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 yeah. He is, he is, yeah. And and, and there's there's like so many... And we've had Neil... Are uh, you talking Neil Patel? He's already been on. Uh, oh, Neil yeah, Patel, cool. yeah, we've already had Neil Patel. Um, there's another another guy. And tonight we've got another uh, really great guy, Reggie Bates, who uh, used to be... Um, he's a mindset guy. He's a coach and everything like that. He um, he's huge in America. He's done a lot of like support and consulting for like top um, people in America. Tony Robbins, sec uh, right hand man for many many years. If people don't know who Tony Robbins is, he is like <laughs> crazy, crazy, crazy big in terms of like personal development. Um, so this guy I'm interviewing tonight at 8 p.m. tonight is Reggie Bates. He's a really amazing guy. I'll throw some links in and some a bit more of an intro about him later on. But I want you to tell us a little bit about how people can con connect with you. I'll throw in some links that I've got of yours. Um, and uh, and in fact, I mean, which links do you want me to throw in? You've got quite a few. I mean, which one's the best one? Should we just um, 
is your Facebook maxed out like mine? Or is uh, it's it getting maxed? very close. Yeah, it's getting very close. Um, the best thing to do if you want to connect with me and follow me on Facebook, especially for the business type content, is to connect with my page. So that's at cool. the Jamie Keeling. Um, if you search that handle on every social media, that's pretty much what I go by. So um, my primary platforms are LinkedIn and Facebook. So please do come and connect with me on either of those. As I say, at the Jamie Keeling. Um, I've got a free business coaching group as well, the Better Business Academy. So you and it's serve. awesome. It's awesome. I've got to say that. It's a really good academy. And Jamie does a lot of his own lives um, in, in that as well and some really quality um, value you get from, from that. So, yeah, no, um, absolutely connect with Jamie. He's a top, top guy. And, uh, and, and, and I'm happy to say he's a genuine friend um, that, um, that I am proud to know, definitely. Thank you, mate. Uh, likewise. And the only other thing to, to shout out is about my podcast, Optimize Me Now. It's all about peak performance with a big focus on business. Um, but I have amazing people on there from business people, marketeers. I just want to get you on there, Michael. Why not? Why not? Yeah, definitely. Uh, but <laughs> everything from martial artists and, and people who you know coaches and all that kind of stuff. And it's all about interviewing the lesser known people in the world who've got great stories and got great value to share. Um, I'm up to over 50 episodes now. I've been going for just over a year. Listen to in 33 countries worldwide, thousands of downloads. Um, so if you're interested in, in kind of the stuff that I've talked about on the show today and anything to do with peak performance, especially when it comes to entrepreneurship and business, then go and check that out. It's, it's up on iTunes. Just, just search Optimize Me Now and uh, like, share and subscribe. Awesome. Thank you, Jamie. Welcome to, thank you for coming to Mic Drops Up Close. I have to drop the mic <laughs> and we uh, really appreciate it, buddy. You are a legend. Thank you again. Thank you everyone for listening in and watching even. Um, this podcast is not going to be edited like all my podcasts. We just put the intro in the front, the outro at the end, everything in the middle, including all my slurs, all my swearing, everything stays. Sorry, but that's how it goes. It's real. This is how it is. If you want to listen to real content, not optimized fake stuff, not optimize me, I'm talking about like, you know, edited um, content, then seriously, you need to uh, um, uh, tune into my drops up close. Thank you again, Jamie. You've been a legend. Really appreciate it, buddy. You take care and I'll speak to you soon, mate. All right. Thank you. Dude, Thank you, you are care. absolutely phenomenal. Thank you so much for having me on the show. It's You're a welcome. real pleasure, and a pleasure. Thank you. Take care, buddy. See you, mate. Thanks, buddy. Take care. Bye -bye. See you, mate. Bye-bye. Bye-bye enjoyed listening then please subscribe to the mic drop show and connect with michael on facebook linkedin and instagram